to Moments of Mindset, the podcast. I am your guide, your host, Rodney Williams, and thank you for always listening in and joining me on these conversations of clarity. I have such a phenomenal being as my guest today. She and I have been friends for a handful of years. I love this young woman. I've had an opportunity to see her grow. Houston, Texas, stand up. This is one of the top 40 under 40 real estate moguls, experts, if you will. I'm giving her her roses as she deserves them. And today, since this is my platform, she can't do anything but take it. Yes. So we're here, actually. Uh, Aureli Dozal, my amazing friend. Welcome to the show. How are you feeling today? Hi, I feel so good. Yeah. I feel honored. Yeah. I, I have to say, I want to start by just saying I'm so proud of you. Thank and you. I know I've said like congratulations and I've asked you how things are going, but I don't think I've actually told you how proud I am of you. Thank you. That you took the leap of faith and I think long term this is going to be so beneficial for so many people. I think that you're literally, you're going to change lives. Thank you. And even if it's like five, Yo. even if it's one, like... Just the impact that you could have on one person going from feeling completely lost and unsure to looking in the mirror and saying, I know who I am. I am equipped. I do deserve this, you know, whatever that is, whether it's love or finances or achievements or accomplishment, whatever it is. Right. I'm just so proud of you. And I'm so happy to be here. Thank Thank you. you. (laughs) And, and, And you probably don't know this, but I actually, before I even, once I started the show, I wanted you on the show. Really? But I wanted it to be, like, I didn't want to, like, hey, do you mind? Like, I wanted you to be excited and, like, hey, I would want to be a part. Like, when you said that, I was like, absolutely, let's get it done. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I never wanted it to be anything where people are like, well, let me see what you're talking about and see. It's like, no, check it out. If you're feeling the vibe, I want to have you on so you can share your story. You have an amazing story. Oh, thank you. And so you. that's why I wanted you to come on. Like, you are... A t- when you say real estate in Houston, your name is brought up. Yes, thank you. Well, I'm yeah. happy to be here. Yeah, so thank yeah. you again. I'm excited yeah. about this conversation. I have no idea what we're going to talk <laughs> about, but I'm excited. I will answer any of your questions, and hopefully yeah. I get to ask you some questions. Of course too. you can. This is an open forum. This is actually going to be like your segment, and we just kind of enjoy it. Like when we talk mindset, because that's what I talk mindset, habits, routine, action plan. With your fervor and desire for success, like that came, like where, where did that come from? And and you can feel, you can go back as far as you want, child. Because before we actually started, you know, recording, we talked about you know traumas that we've dealt with in right. our childhood and dealing with that and that sort of thing. So, mm-hmm. like, what has brought you to this point where? Guess what? You recently shared that you were number one. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Yes. Well, to be fair, yeah. um, I think you love me way too much. Is that a thing? And you give me too much credit. Uh, just to clarify, okay. I won two contests. So I was number one for two months in a row at my brokerage, uh, okay. which is still a big deal. Still, big, But, you know, it's not like I was like the number one agent in Houston or anything. But, hey, still top 40 under 40. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I got to so, give myself some credit. I right? mean. Uh, it's so easy, though, to not give yourself credit, right? It's something I'm working on. I'm working on it. Um, but okay, so let's see what has brought me to where I am. I would say in a nutshell, you know, I grew up with some really, am I allowed to curse on this podcast? Go ahead. I'll just put explicit on it. <laughs> Whatever you want to do. Um, yeah, I, I grew up in some really not stellar conditions. We'll just say, you know, financially we struggled a lot and I just always knew from a young age, even when I was out there doing hood rat things with my friends <laughs> uh, trying to be a chola in the neighborhood because <laughs> I, you know, lived in the ghetto. Um, even at that time, I just knew like that was temporary and I didn't know how, but I just always knew like, that's not how I was going to live. It's not what I was going to allow for myself, you yeah. know? And I just, 
I went through so many career changes, you know, I was, I was trying to be the first one that graduated college in my family, and that was kind of like my goal at that time, you know, out of high school, um, and then I started kind of going on like this spiritual journey, um, and, you know, it's kind of funny because it was really like weed, I, <laughs> I started like smoking, and, um, you know, just started like exploring different parts of my mind and really getting to kind of like know myself and then realizing I didn't know who I was. It was like a whole thing. Right. Yeah. But the point is I got to the point where it wasn't any longer about graduating college for my family. It was like, wait a minute, what do I actually want to do? What would actually make me happy what mm. would i enjoy every day mm -hmm. um you know and they always say you know find what you do and the money will come right and um i don't know if at that time i believe that but now i 100 percent believe that it's it you know they say it for a reason it's yeah. absolutely true um and so you know that's just you know there's obviously there's so many stories that go into yeah. how it happened but that's that's really in a nutshell you know just upbringing figuring out uh you know I need to find something that made me happy and then finding out what that was. And, um, it's real estate. I mean, uh, you know, with the exception of like singing, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would love Beautiful, to be a singer. Amazing <laughs> singer. And I know, I know, I know we'll get to that. <laughs> you know, you. you touched on a couple things when you were, when you realized what your current situation was growing up and knowing that it was current at that time that did not project what your future was going to be. Yeah. And a lot of times I think that even as a, you did that as a kid, right? Yeah, and yeah. then when we go through the programming of school and society and friends and parenting, and then we get to a place where we fall short of that, right? We get into a situation and thinking that that's our current, that might've been our past and we're relegated to that future. Yeah. You but know, you I just decision. told my friends literally last week, like Tuesday of last week, I was just telling my friends the story of, I'm sure my mom played a role in it because she used to put us in the car. We were probably young. I mean, six, eight, nine years old. I don't know. And she'd drive us through River Oaks. <laughs> and she would tell us, if you work really hard, if you stay focused, if you, you know, meet your goals, set goals, you can live here one day. You can own this. And I just remember looking at the towering ceilings <laughs> around me and, like, wow, like I could have this one day, you know, while we're sitting in our hoopty that, you know, is literally, literally breaking down on its last leg. Yeah. Like, um, and it's so funny because uh, my mom, I, I'm Mexican and my mom, you know, was not born here. She came later in life when she was almost 30. And so she has a very thick Mexican accent and she would, she would call River Oaks Robby Ducks <laughs> <laughs> and she would say, you know, we're going, vamos a Robidox, you know? <laughs> and so my whole life, until I was like much older, like yeah. in high school, probably 15, 16, I thought it was called Robidox. <laughs> and so one time I was like sitting there with my friends and I was like, yeah, you know, have you guys been to Robidox? It's like where the rich people live, you know? And they were like, what are you talking about? There's no Robidox. And they're like, are you talking about River Oaks? And I'm like, no, no, no. Like, I assure you. Right, right. My mom, has, yeah, I mean, trust right. me. Like, my yeah. mom has taken me. Yeah. It's definitely called Robbie Ducks. <laughs> <laughs> and then this is like before Google. Yeah. Or, you know, Google existed, you know, but yeah, yeah. it wasn't like as common as now where yeah. you pull out your phone. Uh, but anyway, it's just a funny story. Like, I remember just being so embarrassed and going back home and being like, Mom, is River Oaks the place you've always... She's like, yeah, yeah. Robbie Ducks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so embarrassing, right? Um, but I think she definitely instilled that in us, you yeah. know, and took us there and just gave you that sense of like... It's kind of like manifesting, mm -hmm. right? And projecting yeah. and being like, wow, and... And feeling that and saying, I'm going to have that one day. Um, so I'm a big believer in manifestation mm -hmm. and just, you know, following your intuition and affirmations. I have affirmations that I say every single day. Okay. Um, you know, I need to be more intentional about writing out my goals. That's something that I'm working on right now. Okay. That's like my next step in that growth. But, um, but yeah, so that's. That's kind of how I got here. Nice, nice. What are, uh, you mentioned affirmations, which are vitally important along with manifesting. What are some of the affirmations that you say? 
um, love. I fo- you, I actually learned this from you. I have to give you all the credit because oh, I remember. Um, I want to say a couple months ago we were having this conversation. This was around the time you were about to release your podcast. I don't think you have even had even released it. Uh, but anyway, you mentioned something that struck a chord with me, and you said, you know, anything that you say, the universe will hear. So no matter what it is, even if you're saying, I will not be poor, the fact that you keep talking about being poor, that's what the universe hears. And so you said something, um, what did you say? Oh, you said, you have to focus it and center it around love. If you say you love your financial freedom per se, or as an example, right? Or whatever the case is, then the universe understands Oh, let me create the space of love and prosperity. And this is what she's asking for. And this is what she wants to feel. And so all of my affirmations now start with, I love X. So it can be, I love my financial freedom. I make enough money to make a difference in the world. I love that I can help those around me. I love my relationship with my mom. Yeah. Um, you know, those are some of the, you know, there's like 15 of them that I do every single day and they change obviously depending on like what I have going on mentally, yeah. what struggles I'm facing at that time. Uh, but yeah, I, I really love <laughs> that, <laughs> you, awesome. that you shared that with me because Thank I use you. that and, um, I, I even feel differently when I'm saying it because I believe it and I'm like, oh, I love this yeah. thing. I love being a multi-millionaire. You know what I mean? <laughs> Listen, the, the brain doesn't know the difference. Yeah, yeah. Right? So, so when we talk it's trauma, powerful. it's powerful. When you talk traumas and your brain is thinking of a trauma that happened, could be decades ago, mm-hmm. and you think about it, and chemicals were released into your brain, which then throughout the process you feel in your physiology, you're training your brain to react to that trauma. Yeah. And we do it all the time, all the time, all the time, and we wonder... Why, you know, and and this is a digression, but like when you talk hereditary, like heart disease and diabetes, we think that our genes and our DNA define that. Yes. But it's really the genes don't act. DNA doesn't activate like that. It activates when it is exposed to certain external stimulus in the environment. Right. So if you grow up in a household where the two, both the parents are stressed out and they get high blood pressure, then they have children. The children are raised in a household that's stressful, all these different stressors, and they have the, you know, the the um, the capacity to have that. But you grow up in the household from kid to teenager to adult. That's how you think that you need to interact. Then you start your family. Then guess what? You have the propensity for the high blood pressure, but it's mm. exacerbated by the stresses. Yeah. That's the endless cycle, generation after generation after generation. Gosh, that's so fascinating yeah. when you think of like you know, the type of healing that you do and the work that, you know, revolves around that. That's, that's so fascinating, but it just goes to show that no matter what diseases are in your family, you can change that cycle. You can break that cycle. Yeah, you can. And I, and I read, I read like Dr. Joe Dispenza. I talk about Dr. Bruce Lipton. These guys are scientists, scientists, and they are bridging the gap between science and spirit. We're like, how does this affect the cells? How does that because guess what? We got we have 60 trillion cells that function and keep our systems working without our input. Yeah, that's so powerful. Our so, bodies are so powerful. You know what I mean? So why not go deep into that thought? That thought literally matter. It turns into matter. Yeah. You think something positive. Chemicals are released to make you feel elevated emotions, mm-hmm. happiness, glee. And you feel that. You feel alive. Well, conversely, if you do it the other way, you're going to feel sad. You're going to man, my elbow's hurting today. And man, I got a headache because you're worrying about all this negative stuff that you're not even dealing with. Yeah. You know? And so that's what I'm like, the deeper dive for me is going into that because if you look at it, they always want to say, okay, follow the science. Mm -hmm. With manifesting and creating success and abundance and all that, okay, let's follow the science. If you knew that if your thoughts would generate elevated emotions in your cells and make your DNA activate, and, and create neurons in a certain way so that you think differently, you behave differently in a positive way, why wouldn't you want to invest in that? Yeah, that's true. And it's all about, like you said, believing. 
most people don't do it because they don't believe in it. If you really believed in it and you knew without a shadow of a doubt that that was going to help you, like, why wouldn't you do why it? Why wouldn't you do it? Like, it's a no-brainer, right? You did it as a kid when you saw what current situation you lived in and you saw past that. Yeah. Yeah. And as kids, that's what we we had an imagination that was untapped until the people that were in our our parents, our friends were like, "Nah, you need to limit your thinking because they're projecting what they went through onto us and oh we don't God. know any better." So it's like I had so much of that. I had so like it was like a catch 22 almost, right? Because it's like you have my mom saying like you can be this, you can have this. And at the same time, you also have my mom and other people in my family being like, oh, you know, this is before the term your extra was coined, right? That didn't exist. Right. But it was the equivalent of saying, you're extra. You exaggerate too much. You're too much. Like, dim your light. And I never, um, you know, I could only really be myself around very few people at school you know i couldn't do that at home because it was too much i was too loud i was too this i was too that and you know that in itself causes trauma because you're like oh my god what's wrong with me there's obviously something wrong with me Mm -hmm. because everyone else sees it and i'm not normal right right which like who the hell dictates what normal is like who who dictated like there was a meter come on (laughs) but anyway um you know, and then it wasn't until like my late, mid to late 20s that I woke up one day and started doing this work, you know, within myself and getting to know myself. And I said, no, screw all of you. This is me. Yeah. I am loud. I have a light. And then boom, next thing you know, I'm in real estate and it works hand in hand. <laughs> Let's be real. You know, why do I have all the connections that I have? Because I am loud, because I am dy- dynamic, you know, I am extra, if you will. And that's beautiful. That's who I am, right? But it took a lot of self-sabotage and self-exploration and self-acceptance and self-love yeah. and so many layers and years and years of work that went into that to get to a point where I was like, wait a minute, this is what I was meant to do. Yes. This is what I need to excel at this career. Yeah. I was never extra. They just couldn't handle it. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Um, but it's it's just, you know, goes back to your point of people dimming each other and not understanding or not, you know. Absolutely. So tell me, real estate, how as amazing it how did how did you get into real estate? So um, long story short I was a leasing agent. I was going to the University of Houston doing something complete end of the spectrum from real estate. Yeah. I was actually getting ready to go into medical school. Nice. Um, yeah, just like not even. Told anyone. you you were a genius. <laughs> I didn't even know you were going to medical school. Yeah, but um, and then it got to, you know, I was still very broke at that time. Now I'm a college student working full time, like really trying to make ends meet and Luckily, I was still living at home with my parents, so that helped, but I was still like paying for college, and I did have some scholarships, but they were about to run out. My scholarships were about to run out, and so this semester, I knew that like something had to get, so I either needed to figure out, I was 25 going on 26 at the time, and I had to figure out, okay, do I love occupational therapy, kinesiology, do I love it enough to where I'm going to go get a bunch of loans? and enroll this next semester or do i need to take a break take a pause and figure out if there's something else that i'm going to enjoy more that is worth the debt because if i love it then it's worth the debt but if i don't love it it's not worth the debt and thank goodness you know that i had done that work because if i hadn't i wouldn't have been able to look in the mirror at 25 years old and like have that conversation with myself and it's so crazy. The universe was like, oh, no, bitch. You're going to do real estate. And somebody had already told me before, hey, you know, have you ever considered being a realtor? And very shamefully, I admit, I looked at realtors at that time as, like, less than. It's very sad that I saw it that way. Not at all. But, you know, go to school, go to school, get a job, get a job, be a cog in the wheel. 
that's what had been instilled in me from grade school to middle school, you know, all of these things, um, to my parents, you know, my parents are like gung ho Mexican immigrants. And they're like, you must go to school. You must get a job. It must make money for the man. You know, obviously they didn't know that they were saying that, but that, I mean, that's what an employee is. You know what I mean? Um, depending, right. There's different types of employees, yeah. but I just, I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know if that's what I wanted. And so I had that conversation with myself and the universe brought in this, I'll never forget. I don't, I don't remember her name. I wish I did. I wish I could reach out to her, but she came in, she was an apartment locator and she said, Aureli, every time I come in here, I have clients that always end up leasing with you. Even the ones that say, oh, I'm just looking today. I'm not ready to make a decision. They walk out of here and they're like, yeah, I'm signing. And she's like, I love when you're here. She's like, because I can literally sit here and do my work or go sit in my car and catch up on things because I know I don't have to accompany my clients with you because you're so good at what you do. And that kind of just like sat with me for a bit. And I was like, man, I really am good at this. But I knew that I didn't want to be a leasing agent forever. Yeah, like yeah. there's just no, it's not an exponential growth. You know, there is a cap. Yeah. And, you know, so that kind of simmered in my head. And one time she came in like a few months after that. And she said, you know, I really think you should look into being a realtor. I think real estate would be really great for you. It's very lucrative. And I just, you know, kept thinking to myself like, but realtors are people that go, don't go to school. Realtors are people that like go to trade school and they just get a little certificate and then, you know, like they're not really that smart, you know. And oh my God, was I wrong? Real estate is so hard. You absolutely have to be some level of intelligent. I mean, you have to know what you're doing, the contract, the negotiation, the psychology behind it, the connections that you have to build you know the level of communication and understanding you have to have um and so anyway i said okay i'm 25 i'm about to be 26 and let me just go let me go do it i had a little bit of money saved up like i literally had like 1800 bucks in my bank account i'm like okay that's enough to like pay for some of the classes and then i'll keep working and then just keep paying the other yeah. classes as i go and so I did that. I did not enroll for the next semester, which was much to my family's dismay. Of course. They almost disowned me. I mean, that's a whole other story in itself. They were so disappointed. I mean, for Pete's sakes, my mom had literally made tamales in stolen corners to sell them to help me get books for college. You know, so she was just, she personally felt very, like, betrayed in a sense. It's like, how could I do all this work? And then you go do this. Um, and so anyway... I went to real estate school, got my license, and I said, okay, I'm going to give this one year. Hmm. One year. That's it. In one year, I'll still be 26, and I'm fine. I'll go back to OT, and I'll finish that, and I'll be, you know, I'll be an occupational therapist, and everyone's happy. Yeah. But if not, then yeah. that means real estate really worked out, yeah. and I kicked butt, and I did great. And uh, long story short, um, you know, I became rookie of the year my first year. Come on. In real estate. I still have uh, my. Oh, it's right there. You see it? The little star? Hell yeah. <laughs> that's, I see it. that's my rookie of the year plaque. Come on now. Come <laughs> yeah. on. Like, how, like, so, and you wonder, I didn't even know that. And you wonder why I, when you said earlier, like, I love on you too much. Yo, your freaking excellence is amazing. Oh, thank you. From rookie of the year five, almost six years ago. Number one in your brokerage in sales just recently, correct? Yeah. Come on, man. This is not. This is not a. We're not in Vegas rolling the dice on the crap table. You know what I mean? Like, and one of the things that's amazing that you said when you when you were deciding between OT and real estate, like, man, am I really passionate about? Like, am I going to, or is it something else that I can fall in love with? Yeah. And your spirit and your personality, like, I mean, this is. You're made for that sort of interaction. You know what I mean? And Thank so to you. see you now and to see how you've grown, I mean, it's amazing. Thank you. It's like you said, it's all about love. I wanted to love. And I had, at that time, at that same time, you know, so prolific with timing. The universe just knows what you need if you just listen. I had just come out of an almost six-year relationship, five and a half years, 
relationship very toxic you know there was a lot of cheating and you know for three years of that almost six years my goal was just to catch him you know red-handed that's all I wanted I wanted that satisfaction because I knew that there was no proof and it was kind of like a clean slate you know it was like okay I'm out of this toxic relationship and I'm gonna not just go find myself and love myself but I'm also gonna find something career-wise that I love I just want to love everything in my life because I haven't loved anything in my life at all ever like I realized in that moment I looked in the mirror and I was like I don't even know who you are like no no clue what what I was who I was and so you know I feel like that happened like I said just prolifically at the same time you know that breakup and just not renewing that next semester and um yeah getting getting to where I am now and and everything you know at that time I didn't know it but now in retrospect I look back and I'm like whoa you know everything happened so smoothly there Mm -hmm. was there was never a hiccup the universe just placed everything and there had always been roadblocks my whole life nothing ever happened smoothly to me ever my whole life and this was the first thing that was just I was on a high like and it's funny because I never I don't even remember ever sitting there through that first year and being like whoa this happened so effortlessly I never I never really gave myself that credit you know even when they awarded me rookie of the year it was like oh well you know there was only like eight new realtors this year here so like I wasn't really competing against too many people and it's like no you still did that you know yeah. um but it's just you know a part of growth and like just you know I still struggle with that you know that <laughs> no but it, it, it's it's, a, it's amazing because even from when we first met and we met at karaoke bar in Houston I know that so, was such a fun night you know and, and, and that just goes to show like you were meant when you had that frequency of loving and wanting to be that's why I was in the club industry for as long as I was it was the networking it was yes, the people right yes. and so even at the last stint at the karaoke bar I didn't have to be there but I just enjoyed meeting and having conversations with people and I knew that in my proximity I was preparing for a shift in terms of where I was going right and so to come in and see you light up and smile and we're like we're fast friends like we've known each other for it was thousands serendipitous of years. the way that years. we met was yeah. absolutely like planned by the universe I mean I know that yeah. like it was just like oh this person is supposed to be in my life forever forever forever, forever. <laughs> like the minute we met it was like oh yeah like this is this is a done deal because <laughs> I remember when um when you were in real when we first met and you were like go 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 and I was like yo how do you have the energy for that I you know, know that was when I was starting to teach yoga and all that and so to see you now, how there's such a calm in your spirit, along with that love, and you're loving on yourself even more than when I first met you. Like, you loved yourself, but, you know, we all have work and we go through. Yeah. Like, the light that you exude illuminates a freaking room. Thank and it's you. an honor to be here and have this conversation well, with you. Well, I feel the same. Yeah. I feel the same. I feel like I've seen you. You know, you, I mean, from the day we met, you've always been just a beacon of light and a healer and just so well versed in so many different topics and theories and just different things um but even i have seen you i've had the pleasure of seeing you just grow and grow and grow i'm like goodness gracious what can rodney not do is there anything like it's like you're just wow you're just good at everything that you touch turns into gold this podcast is gonna be we're going to look back at this. I know. Mark my words. I like, already know it. And we're going to be like, oh my God, remember when we did yeah, that first episode? the first episode. On my couch, in yeah. my living room. <laughs> and this is, and this is, I envisioned the, like when we, when um, you reached out and we came over and had lunch and I just saw, and that was right before I even launched it, yes. right? I envisioned and I visualized us sitting on the couch and having a conversation. Yes. And, and now it happens, to, you know, it's with a microphone, but that's just a, that's really a prop. It's just a sharing in the experience that, you know, um, allows me to keep doing this. And, you know, thank you for that because for me, I went through 
a long period of time, like before you met me, where I was trying to figure this thing out. Like I went on a journey of self-love. Yeah. Because my relationships were trash. People have heard me say it. And I'm like, you know, we talked about it breaking away from that circle, that proximity, like trying to figure this thing out in life. And when I did that and dove in, the reception that I got when I was able to not only love on myself, but show up for others in oh, love, yeah. that is what continues my obsession with it. Yes. You know, I do this raw. So guess what? If anybody's like, oh, I have this idea. I don't know if I can. Yes, you can. Just whatever it is, just do it. What's the worst that could happen? Yeah. People could not agree. like it. So what? That's You want that. But Sometimes uh, I put, honestly, like, you know, life, is about risk. You know, I think of just me since, you know, we're talking about me and the trajectory of this career path. I was scared absolute shitless when I thought of, oh my God, I've been going to college for almost five years at the time. Almost I had been going to college because I just couldn't make up my mind, kept switching, you know, my majors and my minors. And I'm like, I'm about to not enroll. My family is going to disown me. But even worse than that, what if I don't do it? And I look back and I say, why didn't you do it? Come on. And imagine if I hadn't taken that risk, which at the time literally seemed like the end of the world. But if I hadn't taken that risk, Oh my God, where would I even be today? I would be an occupational therapist stuck in a hospital doing 12 hour shifts, three to four days a week. I would not be as fulfilled. I'm sure I would still get some satisfaction from helping people. And to all you occupational therapists, if you're listening, that's amazing if you love it, right? Mm -hmm. I just, that was just not what I loved. You know, if it was what I loved, then awesome. That's what I'd be doing. Um, But man, it took that risk and it took the backlash and there were so many negative consequences to that, you know? So uh, I guess, I guess I'll take it back then. It wasn't as seamless. Maybe I'm, you know, I I was leaving out all the negative stuff that came from the family, (laughs) Uh, you know, but they're proud as heck now. Yeah, you see? (laughs) Now they're like, thank you for not listening to us, you know? Um. Thank you for following what you felt was right. Thank you for being happy. Thank you for, you know, growing your own life the way you wanted. And that's really hard as a woman, but especially as a Latina woman and especially as a Mexican Latina woman, because from a very young age, you are groomed to follow instructions Families always first. People's opinions matter. What people think about you matter. Mm. Um, what they project on you kind of becomes your reality, whether it is in fact a reality or not. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it took a little 25-year-old, very scared girl to say, well, one day they're not going to be here. Mm. And what about me? Yeah. Who takes care of me? Who then I'm an occupational therapist for 30 years and I'm not super fulfilled and and what difference did I make in anyone's life really you know um and so life like you said is absolutely about risk now calculated risk of course right I still had my plan B hey if this doesn't work out I'll come out I'm just gonna give myself one year and then I'll come back and this will be here right calculated risk Mm -hmm. But a risk, nonetheless. I would not be here without that risk. But see, you bet on yourself and you gave yourself a timeline, a deadline, a sense of urgency. Mm. So you were fueled. It wasn't like you just, oh, you know, we'll see what happens over the next three to five years. You're like, no, I have a year. Wow. This doesn't work out. You know what I mean? So you, the, the, you put your feet to the fire. I've never given myself credit for that, Rodney. I've never looked at it that way. Gosh, that's why these conversations yeah. are so great, right? Because you always learn a different perspective. And sometimes in some conversations with you, mostly, I learned to love myself a little bit more. Just like in that moment, you said something that struck a chord with me. You bet on yourself. I did bet on myself. I've never realized or thought of it that way. But yeah, I 
I, I mean, it wasn't evident at that time. It's not like I was like, I'm going to do this. It was just kind of like, these are your options. I'm going to, you know, I'm, I've created another option. This is the second one. Let's see what happens. But I did bet on myself because I was risking a lot. And, you know, I knew that there was backlash and judgment that was to come. And not just for my immediate family. You know, I've got 10 aunts and uncles, you know, that I was going to hear from, that I did hear from. Cousins that are much older than me that also helped me pay for schooling that I heard it from. You know, Um, there was a lot of people that were not supportive. And I I did bet on myself. I love the way you put that. Go me. (laughs) Let's go. <laughs> this is the amount of emotional stress that you carried, even making that decision mm, mm. about what you shared mm-hmm. about being a, a Mexican Latina female mm-hmm. family, what you were groomed that you need to go down this path. If you don't go down this path, people are going to look at you like, what's wrong with you? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And you said, I was like, nah, that fulfillment that you said you needed fulfillment. Yeah. That's why I talk about the abundance. That's the, the success and the fulfillment. Yeah. And it's like, once you figure that out, and you know this, once you figure that out, you apply that to everything else in your life, right? Like at this point in my life, obviously, you know, there's things that I will work through in a relationship. I'm in a relationship right now, and there's things that I'm working through, right? It's always a work in progress. But there's also trajectories and timelines and things that I will never up with again right Absolutely. because now i know if i'm not happy i can't do it yeah no matter what it is life is about being fulfilled and that's not to say oh i'm not happy today and i'm 10 years married so i'm gonna get a divorce that's not what i'm saying right, right, right. but if you're trying to work at something and you work at it and you work at it and it doesn't work you don't stay in that right it, you, there comes a time where you're like all right this we're pulling the plug pulling Gotta we tried, I did everything I could, worked on it, didn't work, time to go, yeah. right? And that's so important to apply to everything, you know, careers, friendships, relationships. You know, there's so many people that I've been so close to and, you know, have had to separate from and I wish them the best. Yeah. That doesn't make them, you know, not great people. It's just, you know... Social contracts end. There comes a point where you lose compatibility or you grow apart because your ideals become different. Or, you know, you're just not growing in the same ways or in the ways that matter to you, right? Absolutely. Um, and that's hard. That's yeah. There's been a lot of that. And there, there continues to be that. That's literally happening in my life right now. Yeah. Um, so it's just, uh, it's amazing that once you learn that and i see you living that truthfully and it's so beautiful thank you and i aim to be where you are i mean you are literally like there's so many things i admire about you you. that i that i put into practice and i'm like what would rodney do wow (laughs) like like, what would rodney do in this situation um and I'm like, okay, he wouldn't do that. So let's not do, <laughs> let's not do that already. <laughs> Getting me emotional. Wow, I never even... You know, cool. um, I admire you so much. And I see your life with your daughter, with your partner, with your colleagues, with the people around you, mm-hmm. uh, your communication skills. There's just so much to learn from you. I'm so incredibly grateful <laughs> to... I can't believe, you know, I met you at a karaoke bar. No, right? And you know what? <laughs> Since you're already crying, let me add, add some more salt to the wound. Oh, goodness. There's something I never said thank you for, for, and it's, you know, remember when I used to come to Glitter and I'd bring my laptop, and it'd be like 11 p.m., and I'd stay there till 2 in the morning, and I just wanted a sense of camaraderie. I had to work, you know, till 2, 3 in the morning sometimes. And I just, it wasn't cutting it at my apartment at the time, you know, or at my townhouse at the time. And so I would go to Glitter and I'd sit there. And on the days that you were working that I would do this, you know, just you coming in and being like, hey, how are you? Do you need anything? Would you like me to bring you some water? Because you would notice. I mean, I'd go like laser focus. (laughs) I would not talk to anyone. And I'm just sitting there typing up a storm, writing up contracts, submitting paperwork, you know. doing all these things and that meant so much to me and it created such a created such a positive environment 
for me to want to keep coming and it made me so productive because it made me get my work done somewhere that was familiar with somebody who cared about me and i'm just super thankful for you because you're literally part of this real estate journey Hmm. you know i was a new agent when i first met you i was only two and a half years in when i met you and there was still a lot that i was learning from her you know that i was learning and i had just started at that new Mm -hmm. high end Mm -hmm. luxury real estate you know nan properties and nan properties man at the time like they were like nan properties and they still are you know what one of the great brokerages out there um in houston and i you know there was just so much i had to do and you gave me such a sense of comfort and i just i want to say thank you because those months you know almost that year that i would continuously go in there and do my work i don't know how i would have gotten through that i was single at the time and i was shifting through a lot of friendships at that time you didn't know that because we still hadn't gotten on that level for me to convey those things yeah um but it was it was so powerful having you there and you know, I always knew, like, as long as Rodney's there, oh, like, I'm going to be okay. <laughs> like, wow. Like, you know, it's it's going to be a, a great night, and I'm going to get a lot done. <laughs> so thank you. My pleasure. That. My pleasure. And thank you. Like, you came into my life when I was going through a shift, too, right? You know, when um, it was my dad a couple of years ago, I was like, okay, where do I go now, right? And I would get on, you know, social media and try to instill hope and whatnot, and you know, transitioning into, yo- you know, being a yoga teacher, you know, you were one of the first that came out and supported. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's so, something. You were so great. God. Oh, thank you. So great. Thank you. And so it was just um, having the people that I knew love me regardless, right? It was, I remember I was so nervous and I was like, you know what, man, just breathe. And to see the smiling faces of people that I knew that came out to support me packing out a karaoke bar and I was able to just give and that time and those memories that sticks with me. Like, so when you say that to me, that makes me go deeper. Like, how can I be better, the best version of myself? Right. Cause I need to hear that sort of feedback. Yeah. Right? And, and, and that's the unsolicited, like not being uh, prepared, if you will, to hear that it resonates that much more. Cause you've known me and you've seen me like in different arenas and like, okay, you know what I'm about. So now that you really see like, this is my life. It's, it's so much sweeter to share. Yeah, I know. I love yeah, that. Oh, yeah. that makes me so happy. So I want to ask you a question cool. that I've, um, and you can edit this out if you want. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we're good. <laughs> but, um, you know, your relationship with your partner mm-hmm. in most recent times, do you think that you manifested that? Was that something that you were affirming or was it something that just kind of made sense and it just happened? Because it's such a beautiful relationship that y'all have, and there's so much history there. Yeah. And it's like full circle. It's like a very full circle moment, mm-hmm. right? It, it, it's, you know, it is ten, it's 10 years in the making, right? When my when my son um, was two, you know, Cece came into my life, and we've, you know, she caught me in the raw, still deep in my ego. Mm-hmm. And I was still, um, from the programming of my, familial structure right like how to interact right my you know my dad was like he was my hero right so he was the business acumen the but he he wasn't he he wasn't loved on so he didn't understand necessarily how to express that love communicative to my mom who she was a communicator she loved to talk Mm. right and so seeing him I had to figure out how that worked in my relationships. Mm-hmm. So she caught me where I was still like, ah, if I don't like it, whatever, you're, you're, gonna, you're gonna have to deal with it, mm-hmm. right? And that's when I when I was um, confused about life or com- not happy with where I was. That was a wall that I was putting up. I cannot imagine that, Rodney. I, yeah, I believe a, you, but it's so hard. I yeah, I got lucky. Pisces. I got lucky. I met you, you know, wow. Yeah, I I was, I, you know, I I was an awful communicator. You know, that's that bravado that men are like, no, you don't show emotions. You don't, like, you know, emotional awareness. That's not really taught in the household. Now, maybe more so, but, you know, it wasn't. And it's so important. I mean, think about 
what it would literally do to our world if right now 80% of men, of people, right? But men especially could just express what they felt. Come on. Could just say, hey, you hurt my feelings. I'm sad. I'm unfulfilled. Like, that is so powerful. I always, like, try to check in with my partner and say, how do you feel? And it's not easy for him to open up about it. But I want him to know that that platform is a safe space. And it's there. And I welcome it. And I cherish it. And I'm open to hearing what he feels and, you know, what he's projecting and his emotions. That's important. Yeah. It's, it's so it's important. Super, it's super important. Even with men, like some of my friends, I make sure to tell my friends I love them, males. Yeah. And you can tell a lot of them, not now, but initially when I was doing it, they would feel uncomfortable. Like you mm-hmm. could just see it. Yeah, because it's not like a social norm, Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, and and I've talked about this on the episode. I lost one of my best friends, Donald Roy McGill, like April 2nd, 2000. He was in a car accident. I've known him since I was 12 years old. And we lost contact. He was in a car accident. We lost contact just because we went to different schools. And so hearing about him passing, I wondered, like, did he know that I loved him? And so I never wanted um, any of my friends to wonder that. And that... Uh, that fueled my obsession like yo if I feel a certain way this is how I feel and I want you to know it and I never want you to I want you to know that this is a safe space if you feel as though you're not getting a love we can have a conversation and it's okay man to man whatever you want to affiliate yourself with right and so just along that process I had to realize that's that's kind of what started like that self-love because I was treating people not like I was saying I love you Mm -hmm. and that's even with Cece like the things that you know, she handled me with grace when I was trying to figure the shit out. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so she was always ever present because my son loves her. You know, she loves him. Then she and I have a daughter together. You know, we split up. Again, ego, right? Like, I tell her all the time, and I get emotional about like, yo, I, I wasn't the man that she needed me to be when, you know, she gave birth to our daughter still trying to be in my ego, not being there like I should. So now being there and having the opportunity to be there and to heal and to grow, seeing her tear those walls down and experience things that we hadn't experienced in so many years. Yeah. I mean, that's a beautiful, beautiful it's so thing, beautiful. right? And I the baby girl, her. like baby girl. Oh my gosh. She is so, she's, I've been around a lot of kids and I've studied childhood psychology and I'm very well versed in the topic of kids and how to tell, you know, when they're feeling traumatic or why their behavior patterns are there, where they come from. I don't personally have kids myself, um, but, you know, I get to practice all these things with like <laughs> my nieces and nephews. Uh, there's plenty of them for me to practice with. Um, and, she is one of the happiest, most fulfilled, uh, most well-versed. I mean, her communication skills, my gosh, you're doing such a great job. We And the, listen, the, the vast majority of the credit goes to her mom, a thousand percent. Yeah. Because, and then we were great at co-parents, even when, you know, we were at different ends of the spectrum in terms of emotionally, right? But yeah. we always were on the same page with like, even I grew like I can't the same techniques, tactics, if you will, that my parents use with me in terms of rearing. I can't do the same because that would create um, so many different obstacles to her growth. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I came up. My parents were in their, um, you know, their. 35, almost 40 years older than I am. You know what I mean? And so they grew up in a time where it was like, okay, survival mode. We're going to provide this and sacrifice so that you can go out Mm -hmm. and do as I say, not as I, you know, that sort of thing, right? And I can't just very well. If she hears and she's exposed to me and her mom having an adult conversation and we use what? Like, not in a negative way. And if we look at her and she's like, what? Well, if I was when I was a kid, if I said what to my parents, I would get oh, in trouble. Oh my god, I would get slapped. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but it'd she... be in Spanish, but the slap sounds <laughs> the same. You know, it's still the same noise. <laughs> like... Yeah, but 
I understand that her saying what, it doesn't come with the same tone and underpinnings as an adult. Like, what? Yes. What? She's like, a kid. Just, she's a kid. So I have that. I'm blessed that we both share that. And it's like, no, pump the brakes. And I can tell when she starts to put emotion. And then it's like, okay, correct. You can reword that differently. Or how would you feel if I said that exactly the way you said it? And she'd be like, well, it doesn't feel very good. Okay, well, then we know now that we shouldn't say that to anybody, let alone your parents, right? Yeah, and that's how we communicate and we allow her to feel. Yes. Because I would much rather her feel and share how she's feeling than hold it in or be fearful that if she shares something, I'm going to jump down her neck or her mom is. Then guess what? 10, 15, 20 years later when she's trying to have a relationship and she has these, you know, she, she can't express herself or she's like nervous or anxious if somebody like, no, I don't want that. Yeah. You know? And also it's like, how do you punish a kid? How do you get mad at a kid? How do you discipline a kid for being a kid? You're basically telling them what what you are, your essence is wrong. Right. What? I'm, They're a it, kid. Right. Self-worth. Like, like my actions toward her is going to groom what her self-worth actually is. I know. And, and so it's we so important sure. because most people ignore kids. Even even Thanksgiving, right? You you go Sit to Thanksgiving, they're at another table, mm-hmm. they're not acknowledged. What do you want? Here, take this, go over there. Uh-huh. So they're not even made to feel like human beings from an early age. Come on. And what is that saying about like what we're shaping for our future? Um, so you know, but it takes the parents doing the work yeah. so that then they convey that to their to children. The- so it's just a cycle. It's yeah. like we gotta do the work. We we were talking about this before we started recording. We all have trauma. Mm-hmm. All of us. You have trauma. I have trauma. Everyone listening has some kind of trauma or traumatic events or loss or something they've gone through. It is our responsibility. It's your responsibility. It's your listeners' responsibility to go out there, seek help, do the work, mm-hmm. and heal. So that you don't project that onto other people, people or children. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why I love this podcast Thank so you. much. Yeah. Um, you know, because you're, like I said in the beginning, you're going to make such a difference in the world. Thank and you. I'm so thankful that I got to be on here with you. And yeah. I know Appreciate we rambled you. a little bit. We'll no, this, this, this is again. part of it. Yeah. <laughs> One, I always love when my guests come on. They hear me all the time when I'm by myself. Final final thoughts, last words that you want to share with the listeners. A certain you close you close this out. Go out there and do the work. Be vulnerable. It sucks. It effing sucks. But if you can look at yourself in the mirror and ask yourself, "Hey, who are you?" You know. And answer those questions and figure that out. Eventually, it'll be, hey, I love you. Mm. And gosh, it's going to be so hard. took me almost two years to go through that journey alone. I had no support. But I'm so thankful for that because I came out so different. Mm. So those are my final words. Go out. Do the work. It's grueling. It's not fun. But it is so worth it. Yeah. I love you. I love you too. Thank you so much. Thank you.